Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Fast Track Podcast. I'm here with Tomi Obibi, and she is an influencer full-time, and we're here to answer the question, how is the business model for influencers changing right now? Welcome, Tomi. Why don't you introduce yourself? Thank you guys so much for having me. I've been doing, I've been an influencer for um, five years or so. I've been writing and blogging has been like my main source of content, but um, it's just within this past year that I've been able to go full time. And um, I started while I was in college at Auburn, just because I actually had another friend who was a blogger and was really interested in what she was doing. And I used it at first as more of an outlet. And then it was more of like, oh, this is interesting. I don't really feel like there's a lot of representation in the blogging space. So that kind of excited me to be able to help like, be that face for a lot of people who looks like me. Um, and then I like did grad school and stuff. And after that, I was just like, no, I think this is definitely where I can see my true calling being. Amazing. How long, so you started in college and what did you study in school? So I was um, pre-med in school. Um, and then, yeah. <laughs> Damn girl, well, that's a solid backup if I've ever heard one. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's very, very true for sure. But it was like a concentration in exercise science. So not only do I not enjoy exercising that much, but I also hate all things science and math. So it wasn't really the best career choice for me at any point in time. <laughs> and what did you study in grad school? So I got my MBA from Clemson University um, and I just graduated in August. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank a little you. bit more on par with yes. what you're up yes. to. <laughs> I love that. Awesome. And so how did you grow your following organically? I know that that's something that a lot of influencers struggle with. Um, how did you initially do it? So I think initially I struggled with a lot of the comparison game and I was like, oh, a lot of people are doing these like large loop giveaways. Um, they're doing follow and follow. I definitely tried doing that like towards the beginning because I was like, oh, this is what all the like, larger bloggers and stuff are doing. That means it must be working, right? You know? All did. All yeah. Did. Well, anyone that has ever tried their hand at blogging has tried their hand at a loop giveaway. Yeah, for sure. And so I think now anytime people like, ask me for advice, I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it at all. Because it's like the amount of work that you have to put in to remove those people who aren't really like aligned with your niche at all or don't really make sense audience wise. And then um, just kind of going forward, it, it just doesn't feel that good. So I always try to like push people not to do that. But I think just trying to figure out what exactly who your audience is specifically and then making that content for them. And um, that really just kind of helps grow and create that niche that is your own. Who do you see your audience as? Yeah. So I see mine as like mid twenties woman who was like a true boss babe, like in charge of her life loves to do like fun, different activities and gather with friends and not afraid to try something new. Cute. I like it. Um, so we talked a little bit about this in our exploratory call, but mm -hmm. I'm curious how, and I'm sure our audiences as well, how has quarantine changed your initial content plan for this quarter? Oof. Oh my gosh. So I know we were kind of chatting about it earlier for sure, but so but my main, our con convo. yeah, <laughs> definitely. So like my main niche initially and still kind of is, is style. So I had a lot of stuff lined up for like spring travel back for your like Caribbean getaways and um, like your spring weddings and baby showers and Easter dresses. And so I had that all lined up. And then of course this happens and it's like, well, you have to go back to the drawing board and kind of figure out what to do now in terms of what really makes sense with everything that's going on. And, um, you know, I think every, every brand, every person who was kind of dealing with this has to figure out ways to pivot and what 
works best for them. And uh, the influencer industry is no different. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I, mean, I know that our Q2 plan tossed in the trash. Now we have a podcast. Have any partnerships for you been canceled as a result of the change in the world? Yeah. So thankfully, um, a lot of my stuff was not canceled. Um, I had one trip that I was doing with a bunch of other like influencers and we were going to go to um, like Jekyll Island off of Georgia and stuff and do something kind of like in partnership with some of the brands around there. Um, and that was the only thing that fell through. But in terms of like things I had already had going for me, no, thankfully I didn't have any um, kind of have those, those issues. What kind of brands do you normally partner with? So in terms of Brands, it's a lot of like fashion and lifestyle. So um, in the past, I've worked with Crest. Um, one, a travel brand that I'd worked with in January was Hyatt. And I went to like the Dominican Republic with them and try to um, share more about like their all-inclusive resorts and stuff like that. Um, I've worked with Loft and fashion and workwear, anything that's like in the feminine, casual, trendy space, that's kind of more, more my brand for sure. <laughs> I'm so happy that your Hyatt trip was in January and not April. I know. So I was like, so thankful. I was like, thank goodness I was able to go on that because it was one of the best parts of this job. (laughs) That would be a really sad one to miss. Yeah. Um, And have any new partnerships arisen as a result of the quarantine? Yeah, I've actually seen a huge uptick in a lot of like lifestyle specific stuff. I think for me, yeah, it was really shocking. I think a lot of times when I tried to pitch, um, there would kind of be some interesting things because I'm a renter. I'm not a homeowner. And so a lot of stuff, they're like, well, we need you to do like, you know, fixer-upper, construction things. And if you're not able to do that, then we're not really, you know, looking to partner with someone like that right now. Um, so to be able to kind of get more stuff of like working with like vacuum kind of brands or any type of cleaning, surface cleaning stuff, um, like with Mrs. Myers, I've been able to um, partner up with them. And then in the coming weeks, I should be working with Swiffer as well. That is so, like, Swiffer, yeah, of course, duh, we all have to Swiffer. Oh, it makes sense, for sure, for sure. (laughs) Perfect sense. Yeah. I know you've probably seen all of the the news, the page sixes of the world talking about um, the government partnering with influencers. I know the um, WHO was interested in partnering with Kylie Jenner. Have you had any experience like that? Yeah, so I think it was very interesting because in the Charlotte area, so that's where I'm based out of right now, um, we had some kind of blowback in our own local media because our local government was trying to reach out to influencers and kind of create this. And basically what they would do is just take all the talking points from the CDC and the WHO and give them to the influencers and they would just be able to share them with those audiences that the local government felt that they weren't able to reach as effectively. Um, but people hated it. They were saying, why are we spending money on this? Um, you know, like what's going on here? Like, I don't think we should be using our budget towards this, but if it's all in the name of doing the exact things of what we're, we're trying to preach here is like to, to make sure that everyone can stay safe and be as healthy as possible. Like, why wouldn't you want to be able to get that message out to as many people as possible? So it's, it's kind of upsetting that people still kind of have that negative view about the influencer industry. I know for myself personally, I've been working with um, like a local nonprofit that is talking about trying to create change in the healthcare um, like administration and um, just how we're approaching that here in this country since January with a couple of other bloggers in the North Carolina area. So it's like we are out there, people who 
you know, it would fit, it would align and who are passionate about creating those kind of changes in structural and social justice, but it might take a little bit more digging, but there are definitely people there who aligns with content creator wise and um, can make sense for that messaging. Yeah, I agree. And also people complain all of the time about influencers having this perceived sense of privilege. I mean, the fact that they're able to do it as a full-time job, they must've been born rich or they don't really, not, I think the, the mindset is changing, but a lot of people don't necessarily see influencers as the entrepreneurs that they are. And right. there is this opportunity for them to do good and partner with a health organization. It should be a, a duh moment for most people, but I think that their negative view of influencers, and I think this particularly is for, I don't want to say older, but like not necessarily Gen Z, millennials, <laughs> other people <laughs> who really don't get the whole idea of a social media celebrity and how their influence can be used for good, which mm -hmm. is a shame, but I like to hope that it's changing. Um, yeah, I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go on. I, go on. Oh, I was just saying like, I feel like the stress has come like from generations across the board. It's very, I mean, more Gen Z, they definitely understand like how it works, but I feel like even millennials and younger, it's like still trying to get them to change the mindset of not necessarily like that you can make a living from this, but I, they're not educated in terms of what work really goes into that final product that you may see on like your feeds and stuff. Yes. It's so different than it used to be too. I know. And if you wanted to be a blogger back in 2012, all you had to do was create a blog spot account and right. have a body look dope in bikinis. <laughs> pretty much <laughs> That's like, or take some pictures with their digital camera and upload them to a blog with all your pictures. But now if, especially you said that you have been an influencer only for about five years, that brings us to 2015. It was still a pretty congested space back then. So the ability to actually set yourself apart, that was not, not easy. Um, mm -hmm. and it definitely doesn't have the same effect as say like an Ariel Charnas who in 2008 was taking pictures of herself in some mall mall outfits yeah. that would never fly they would never oh it was just about being in the right place at the right time so sure. i definitely commend you for that mm -hmm. um i want to know um if any of your brand partners that you had pre-established relationships with have come through in meaningful and kind ways uh since this has begun yeah i think um i know in particular like a lot of brands that I worked with, for like, for example, there's a boutique called um, Amaryllis. Um, they do a lot of work with like influencer um, trips and stuff like that. And they reached out and, and did an initial email of like, we're just checking in, like, how are you guys doing all that stuff. And even now they're trying to do like, um, extra ways to like raise funds and send masks to healthcare workers and stuff like that. So it's been nice to see how brands are stepping up and doing what they can to be able to um, start that conversation of how they can help. And then of course, on the flip side, you do see brands who are getting a lot of flack in the media right now and um, maybe not necessarily handling the exact same ways like your larger like uh, makeup brands like Sephora, they're kind of getting some flack right now for how yeah, they are workers. And so they have this the huge sale going on. And so it's like, you're torn because especially right now, I'm trying to share more beauty and skincare content and all this stuff. And I'm like, but do I want to, you know, are those the affiliate <laughs> links you want to link? Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So that's, that's kind of a struggle too, is it's always trying to figure out, does it make sense for right now? Yes. 
definitely. And I, you know, I commend you for even asking yourself those questions. I think that that it, that is a really pivotal step that not necessarily everybody with an online presence takes and says, okay, this brand is in the news right now. Are they a good partner right now? Are they someone that I should be telling people to shop at? Because at the moment, the answer might be no, especially if you're someone who is seen as being socially conscious and aware of what's going Mm -hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of young people really expect their influencers to come from a place of that consciousness. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that that's really cool that you do that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious, are there any dream partnerships for you at this time during quarantine? Oh, during quarantine is a very different question. If you had said before this, it would have been um, like with an airline. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> I don't know, but let's hope that they'll have, you know, need a lot of marketing soon because they're going to need to try to recoup all the stuff that they're losing right now. But, um, they'll tell you who to call. <laughs> right. right. And I, like here based in Charlotte, like, uh, American airlines is one of the hubs like here. So I'm just like, I'm here. You guys need me they're in Charlotte. How convenient. <laughs> what a coincidence. Great. You're here. I'm here. Crazy. Um, but yeah, I think, um, I would love to do stuff with like the Derm store or um, like any of the skincare brands that I like am super into like Paula's Choice. I think that would be a wonderful, wonderful thing. I think people are really kind of leaning into that more because they're like, well, you know what? Here I am at home, like might as well learn something new about myself and how I can do any type of like self-improvement DIY types of things. Yes. There's never been a better time to get your skin and hair in shape. Yes, yes. I've been doing my own care things. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, repeat what you're going to say. I've just said there's never been a better time to just be the most lazy person with your hair in the world. I'm literally just like one of those people who never gets a haircut, never does anything they're supposed to do. And I'm like, my my sister's (laughs) My sister's mom, they're blonde. They're like every six week appointment kind of gals. I'm like, now's my time. (laughs) Yes. See, I'm the complete opposite where, well, when I get my hair done, then it's, it's to be able to wake up and just like not do anything to it. So now I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I have to learn how to do my hair now. <laughs> so that's what I've been using this time too. And then I also like love to share that journey with my followers who I also be going through the same thing um, and kind of sharing tips and stuff of what I've learned. And um, they're also really good to be able to like share links of YouTube videos of people that they watch and it kind of helps me too. Who are some influencers that inspire you? And I'm sorry, I know this was not something that I prepared you for in advance, but. <laughs> That's okay. Um, one in like particular that I always go back to is Jackie Ina. I absolutely love her. Um, huge beauty influencer and like the way that she's able to um, do her own content in terms of beauty, um, but also be very vocal in terms of the lack of diversity in um, shade ranges for like you know your beauty brands or their marketing or um, the influencer trips she's like very making sure to like stand up and say this is an issue um, which is kind of difficult to do when you're that big because a lot of the bigger brands do have issues <laughs> with that they kind of have to resolve with that so I think it's a, a bigger leap of faith to be able to do it um, at that size so she's someone that always inspires me in terms of in content like that but um, like like fashion and lifestyle bloggers, I love Emily Ann Gemma on Instagram. She's one of those original bloggers from like 2011, 12, back in the day. An OG for sure. An OG for sure. And I, I love it. She's still getting like full glam every day. I'm doing it because I'm on a Zoom call. But like, <laughs> at, 
than that, it's like maybe, you know, twice a week, if that. So it's, it's definitely inspiring. <laughs> the only time I'm putting on makeup during this quarantine is when I'm filming a podcast or making a TikTok video. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Have you been on TikTok at all this quarantine? Oh, my gosh, I have been on it so much. And I'm like, I was one of those people, I'll admit, I was the millennial back in like December and I was like what is this app like another one that we have to pay attention to another I'm not gonna learn all these dances and now I'm like renegade renegade you know <laughs> so I'm definitely I've, I've drinking the Kool-Aid I'm loving it and it's doing really well on like cross platforms too whenever I share some of the stuff that I've made on TikTok on Instagram it's performed really well for me yes I know we've noticed that actually across the board we are at the core a data platform and we have seen that TikTok uh, TikTok content performs really well especially on Instagram so why not right it gives us something to post on Instagram exactly I actually did a Twitter thread um, this morning talking about like my insights and how I was able to see kind of why the TikTok videos were doing really well on Instagram and I think uh, even if you don't want to use the app and have an additional one it's great to learn those editing tricks and of see why it works there and how you can work it into your content now. Yes, the editing part is really key. If you just give yeah. yourself like a, f- you you can't give up right away, right? Like it's yeah, complicated. yeah. It's, it's it not to figure out how to make a TikTok video with these effects. Yeah. The kids yeah. it look easy. It's not easy. Not at all. But if you give yourself the chance and you don't give up right away, it's yeah. not that hard either. Mm-hmm. Recently sure. learned how to make my words appear and disappear in duration. Game changer. <laughs> that is so, when I found out there was actually a timer in there for, for all the stuff, I was like, oh, this is how people are doing it. Because I was like, how are these doing these like transitions so seamlessly? And I was like, oh, I was just going and like downloading the video, cutting it, like downloading in another app, like all this stuff. I said, this was doing it all <laughs> in TikTok. I'm like, oh yeah, that makes more sense. All this time. Well, this yes. actually leads very seamlessly into my next question, which is, um, has the nature of your engagement with your audience changed? Do you find they're interacting more with them now that people are spending, I think it's something like 60% more time on their phone? Yeah. So it's really interesting for, for me. I have to always remember like, oh, I was already working from home. So <laughs> I'm like, oh, whew, wow, this is like really stressful. And I'm like, you were, you were doing this beforehand. So like, you got to keep it up, girl. <laughs> um, so trying to find that balance, because I do know that more people are online, versus also like making sure that I'm able to write my blog posts, edit my videos, and like do all the other like managerial things that come with blogging, um, while also capitalizing on the facts that people are just like scrolling and looking for things to watch and view and interact with and answering all those messages right while they're there and having those conversations and stuff with. Um, it's a little bit difficult to balance, but I'm finding as more time goes on that I'm, I'm able to kind of make it work. Have you seen a noticeable increase in engagement? Yeah, well, I would say it's probably uh, the same on my like regular posts, but when it is like a video post, I see a lot more. The TikTok content. Yeah, that TikTok content, it does well. It definitely does well, for sure. But like, if it's, you know, a post that I'm resharing for feed aesthetics or something like that, that is more like fashion based, it's just, it's just not doing well. And so like, I'm kind of trying to, okay, like, well, okay, go back to the drawing board now. So what is my feed going to look like from here on out? Is it going to be more just home 
all day or is it something where people enjoy seeing the photo from like, you know, you out on a walk or whatever, or do they not really connect with that anymore because they might not necessarily be leaving as much as I get the chance to do so. I've been asking the same questions to myself. I posted a really cute picture of myself yesterday wearing this uh, pink windbreaker with a pink and white tie-dye like workout set underneath. Looked so cute. Posted a picture of my dog. Not a single person told me they liked my outfit. I was like, okay. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, you don't want this content. I'll go back to making TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And I think that oh, that's another thing too. I think that just the algorithm does so well it's like I, I feel like you have a, a lot better chance to get great engagement even if you know the content not might not necessarily be uh like quarantine appropriate I guess if that makes sense because I've seen a lot of fashion bloggers share still do like style lookbooks and videos and it does like really really well on those platforms people are like oh I'm gonna save this for later but I feel like if you were to put the, that on Instagram, it's definitely not going to do the same kind of service for you. No, which is, I mean, I, I get it. There, a friend of mine asked me what the top bathing suit trends were going to be for 2020. And I was like, whatever bathing suit you already own. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like, Tie-dye, neon, whatever you already have that you think looks yeah. good on you. Sure. <laughs> Although the sales are, the sales are popping. So whatever, whatever you need to lay out on your deck. Go for it. Take it. For right. sure. For sure. Um, so how would you say, if this is a little bit of a pivot, generally yourself, and I assume you have a lot of influencer friends and community, what's the mentality? How are people feeling right now, um, just generally speaking? Yeah, I think it's definitely, it's like good for now, but it's like with every day stuff is changing. You're getting news of certain like retailers who aren't doing affiliate partnerships and stuff anymore or um like you know brand collaborations falling through stuff like that. or even like i've seen a lot of people struggle with trying to recoup money from brand collaborations that are over and done with they're supposed to be paid for and then they're still trying to track them down to be able to get their payments and stuff for things so Ooh. it's it's a, it's a lot but i think it's like these next few months we'll kind of see how everything is going. I think right now we're, we're still in that trend of we were able to get sales or partnerships and stuff from Q1, but Q2 I think will be the true like qualifier to see how this will affect the influencer industry overall. I think so too. Mm -hmm. So this has been really fun talking to you. Um, I, I think the general takeaway is that influencer partnerships are certainly not over. Mm -hmm. Things are looking up, but influencers are relatively optimistic during this time. Um, but brands definitely need to be checking in and seeing how they're doing because that matters and that relationship building is really important, even if the brands don't have influencer budget for Q2. Yeah, for sure. I think just any way that they can, you know, find ways to be able to partner with those influencers and make it make sense. Um, make it something that's approachable and, you know, find the content creator that can make it funny and who can make it something that their audience goes to them and they're able to feel some type of relief in this time. I think that's like the perfect opportunity to be able to do that for people. Yes, that's really a big takeaway for brands. If you have the opportunity, let influencers in court some, incorporate some sort of humor in their posts. Yeah. 
Because that's what people are responding right now to. For sure, for sure. I think being able to just like ease guidelines in terms of like a strict messaging that they maybe want to get across as well, that could be something that I would probably see a change with when you don't really have as much um, control over what you're like, gorgeous photo shoot backdrop can be when it's going to be like the inside of your home or <laughs> you know something that just makes more sense to you personally um i think you brands are gonna have to give it a little bit more leeway in terms of like creator direction from that i respect it so q3 plans are we planning or are we just riding the wave yeah i had some stuff planned out for like you know your fall content whatever um but we will i think i'm just gonna have to ride the wave for right now um, and see what happens, especially after last time where I planned everything for Q2 for like the first time and I was super excited about it and then <laughs> have to like go back and re redo everything. So I'm going to take it a little bit more at a time for sure, but I'm excited and I'm, I like have a lot of positivity going forward. Well, you heard it here first. Influencers are open for business and going with the flow. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tommy, for coming on the podcast. It was an absolute pleasure talking to you. And I look forward to seeing more of your TikTok content.